It's Monica. She has a turkey on her head. It's uh, turkey head can, Monica. Can I ask a question? Sure. I think I know where this is going. <laughs> I don't. I'm open to it. The answer, David, is spare turkey. We've seen it all before, so let's reload on a very special episode of shows that suck and shows that load. Buckle up, buttercup, it's a bumpy road. Going deep inside the mainframe secret code. Some of this shit stinks, some of it's gold. It's ABC, featuring the VIPs of SBT. Austin G and Dr. DB with our AT&C money. Weird TV is their specialty. It might be all four, just one, two, or three. Cause they're old and kind of busy. So go get ready and take a peek. So set your phasers to download a rarity that we had bestowed. Special moments no one would have shown. Open your body holes cause you're gonna get told. Grab yourself a drink and let's unload. In a very special episode. Gobble, gobble, and welcome to a very special episode, the podcast which reviews very special episodes of TV, including holiday episodes from the favorite sitcom of a generation. <laughs> I am your host, Austin Gorton, and joining me this week with their head up a turkey is... Carolyn Mann. And missing a toe is... David Bitsenhofer, I guess. But you make up for it in nipples. Yeah. <laughs> this week we are reviewing Friends, Season 5, Episode 8, the one with all the Thanksgivings, in which the Friends tell stories of their worst Thanksgivings. Well, Chandler, Rachel, and Monica tell stories, Phoebe recounts past life experiences, Joey talks about thongs, and Ross just whinily brays throughout the whole thing. That's what he does throughout the whole series, yes. Yeah, so a typical Friends episode, right? Yeah, so yeah. there's much Thanksgivings, and it culminates in severed toes and declarations of love. Mm. Uh, so yeah, this Barf. is our our first Friends episode. You broke the Friends seal. Yeah. I kind of... It, this is one of those where there's not a lot of great Thanksgiving episodes. I think we've talked about that in the past. Um, and Friends, for whatever reason, became the sitcom that consistently did Thanksgiving episodes. Like, I think they have one nearly every season. Um, whereas a lot of sitcoms maybe will pop out one, but for the most part, don't do a whole lot with it. So I figured if we were going to break the Friends friend seal it would be appropriate to do it on a thanksgiving episode even if this isn't necessarily like the friends episode everyone knows or talks about yeah it's just a little weird when you think about it like the premise of the show makes it one of the least likely to be a thanksgiving centric tv <laughs> right? series because they're all friends so you're like shouldn't they be with their like family their extended families at the time and yeah that's a good point like them like because the show's called Joey friends hang out not family. family yeah <laughs> But they're always just hanging out with themselves, even though their family is readily available for most of them. Yeah, you wonder. Like, it makes... We'll get there. It makes sense why Chandler is not hanging out with the rest of us. But Joey likes all those Italian ladies. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a big Italian family. Yeah. I guess Phoebe's kind of on her own. But... Yeah, Phoebe. But she's got a twin. Them. Let's bring in the twin. Mm-hmm. Yep. Her Ross twin's on Mad About Monica You. should just hang yeah. out with their family. and Yeah. Yeah. Well, we can also get into the fact that Monica is a chef, 
yet somehow is not working on every Thanksgiving. <laughs> that is true. Do yes, chefs have to work on Thanksgiving? I bet. I yeah, mean, all... if they work at a restaurant that's open on Thanksgiving and there's, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how it works in like hoity-toity downtown Manhattan, but I feel like there's a fair number of restaurants that are open on Thanksgiving serving food. Yeah, so. I think it's very restaurant dependent, though, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I guess she's always been presented as being more of like an upscale fine dining chef, so maybe they don't do Thanksgiving, yeah. whatever. That's maybe they're why more likely to do Thanksgiving. I don't even know. Yeah, I don't know. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Well, clearly we all have some familiarity with friends just based on this brief discussion. But David, what uh, do you want to go into any more detail about yeah. your relationship with uh, probably friends? similar to a lot of TV shows, which is I, I actually watched like the first few seasons just because it was on. And then I think when I went to college, I kind of fell off of it. Not, But then I seen a lot of episodes here and there and then through syndication and but recently, I don't. It's like always on TBS, right? <clears throat> it's always on something. Yeah. TBS, <laughs> the local forty-five affiliate, uh, something. It's always there. Netflix so I've seen just a lot of it. Yeah, Nick at Night. Yeah. yeah, I feel. I feel like lately I've seen a lot of them, and I just they look very different to me these days than they did in the past, which is. One thing I've noticed is how much I hate Ross. I'll just put it that way. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like, I, I don't think there's a good opportunity to say this during the episode, so I'll just say, like, in watching some uh, reruns of it, I'm like, he's never on the right side of an argument. <laughs> they were on a break, David. It's almost uncanny. And <laughs> frankly, that's one of the ones he's closest to the right side, but it's sure. then at the same time... It's like if you're on a break and then you sleep with somebody, that's he can say that's fine, but then you can't expect to then get back with that previous person once you've kind of moved on, but he doesn't recognize that part of the argument, so true, whatever. True, true. Ross sucks, that's all I have really. <laughs> and he was probably when I in high school when I first started watching, he's probably the one I identified with most. And I guess maybe yeah, I suck too, so whatever. Well, let's put a pin in that idea. Uh, <laughs> David has watched enough Friends to know Ross sucks. Carol, how about, how about you? Very similarly to David. Uh, <laughs> Ross definitely sucks, and it's great to know that now. Uh, there was definitely a time when I when I watched all of Friends they were on, I was like a kid. I was really excited about the show. I remember when they were airing promos. It was just like, you know, you can pick your friends, and you can pick your nose, but you can't pick your friend's nose. Just and I'm like, this sounds like a great show. I'll watch it later. It was all text on like postcards, like being cute, and it was just a dumb thing. And then I watched it, and I was so into Friends when I was a kid. And they had a monkey in it. I think that was yeah, the selling point. F to respects the Marca, the Maca that's not in the show anymore. The monkey, Marcel, Marcel, yeah. Marcel, Marcel. Um. And it did seem like the center of the sitcom universe when it was airing. Like, it just feels like 1997 or whatever the fuck it is. Because it's like, that's what I'm going to be like when I'm an adult. And it isn't. And Ross sucks a lot. But, I mean, friends, there's something very comforting about it. This was um, the sitcom of Gen X. Or are we millennials? But, like. Yeah, somewhere in there. This is the 1990s. This is what we, we were doing in the 90s besides grunge. So it's a time capsule. It's fun to finally get into the friend zone. Austin, what about you? What's your friend experience? <laughs> um, 
I I am familiar enough with friends to have one time gone to a friend's trivia night with David and Lauren, <laughs> yeah. but not familiar enough to have won that trivia yeah. night. Uh, if we bet um. more, smarter, we could have won it too. But I know it really did all just come down to our wagering. We, had to, we uh, should have wagered zero at the end, and we would have won. But yeah. Then, yeah, yeah, we we held our own, but we did not we did not win. So yeah, I I don't even remember. This is gonna sound, this is gonna make it sound like I I love this show more than I do. I don't remember a time when I wasn't watching Friends. <laughs> like, I don't, like I don't remember when I started or how I got into it. I just know that by the time I was in college, I was watching it fairly regularly, both in terms of like new episodes because there was a couple of new seasons left at that point, and then just going in syndication and like early DVDs. Um, when the, the TV and DVD craze was big, Friends was one of those shows that I was buying up, um, early on to, to go back and watch it. So yeah, I've, I mean, I've certainly seen every episode, um, at least once, if not many of them several times more than that, um, and have opinions on it. It's, but it's, it's a show that I sort of watched well into my twenties and then kind of went away from it for a while. And now, like, I don't. There was a time when I'd come home, like, come home from work and just flip channels and, oh, here's an episode of Friends and stop and watch it for a few minutes. And there are other shows I do that with now, so I don't return to Friends very often. And when I do, it is very much more of a time capsule of of the 90s and of a certain style of humor. And even in this episode, there's some things that aren't, like, egregiously dated and out of touch, but there are some things that don't work as well now as mm-hmm. as they did then and maybe they never really worked as well then as people thought but <laughs> yeah we'll get into that but to your point david about ross being the worst but yeah. also being the one you related to the most <laughs> that that's also me um i've realized that two shows i watched in my teens and 20s 90210 and friends the two characters that I most identified with in those shows were Brandon and Ross. And those two characters are also the respective worsts of their series. (laughs) So I don't, I don't know what that says about me or. (laughs) It's all about uh, framing. I mean, you're framed as a protagonist and doing good things. It's just kind of like, once you get out of it and start looking at the big picture, like it kind of (laughs) sucks. I just remember being like, Oh, poor Ross, he can't catch a break. And I'm like, Oh, Ross, you don't deserve a break. You're, you know, yes. he deserve a break? And I don't know. He always seems to bet up a lot of hot ladies, too. You know? Right. He deserves, yourself. he deserves a break in his face, maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think part of it was, like, Chandler was the one I wanted to be, but mm. I knew that I wasn't, like, funny enough to be Chandler. So I guess <laughs> I'm like, well, maybe I'll just be Ross, and that won't be so bad. And it, it was. It bad, was right? bad, Reader. It yeah. was. It was. Yeah, I guess I feel kind of like a, a, a Chandler-Phoebe hybrid. I could see that. I think mm-hmm. that's that's I where that's, I align. How about y'all? Uh, Which friend or friend groups are you? I'm probably what like a Chandler Chandler Ross hybrid, I suppose. <laughs> I try to keep as much Ross out of me as possible, but right, I'm right. not always successful. You could be yeah. Monica. Or I was gonna say I I, th- I think I'm a little Ross Monica. I've you might be Monica. Yeah, I have, I have a touch of the Type A Monica ness, which is uh, so valuable, listener. Because without Austin's Monica ness, I don't know if we'd come out on a schedule. So <laughs> <laughs> it's not a joke. <laughs> no, no, I was, I was laughing at the truth of it. You can laugh, but it's not a joke. 
<laughs> but I also think I've got a little bit of Ross's insufferableness and a little bit of Joey's lust for food. Oh, yeah. Or just his lust, right? You have Joey's lust for food. <laughs> wow, we just blew past Joey's Rachel. Joey's appreciation of thongs, so that's okay. There you go. <laughs> And I don't know what about Ryan. Where do we? Where do we? Ryan's the Ryan. Rachel because he's all haircut. <laughs> <laughs> but he does have true. Joey's lust for food too. You know? Oh yeah, That's no, true. he's yeah, Joey. Seventy-five percent like, Joey's <laughs> lust for food, ten percent Rachel's haircut, and maybe five percent a little bit of of Chandler's sardonic wit. There we go. There, well, we figured it out, guys. That was yeah. a good episode. Yeah. All right. See you next week, everybody. Have a, good, have a good Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Gobble, gobble, gobble. Uh, all right. So we start with a cold open. Uh, sort of this is uh, this is after the grand event. Everyone has already eaten their yeah. Thanksgiving dinner and is stuffed and thoroughly lazy. Uh, and uh, well, I mean, they're all sitting around like the typical if you if you've watched Friends, it's in the mm-hmm. yeah the the ladies' apartment, and they're all sitting in the couch and love seat and such, and they're all just laying there moaning. <laughs> uh-huh. And I'm just like, I want to see the five minutes before this happened. Like, did they all get up at from the table at the same time? All like moan on their way to the couch and couches, and then all sit down and decide that they all had to like moan at the same time, or how did yeah, this setup was- happen? Right, it's one of those things that sitcoms does where it, it drops you into the middle of a scene yeah. in a way that there's really no sensible way to have gotten into that scene, <laughs> and that's why they dropped you into the middle yeah, of exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They decide that they're going to play that game where everyone says something they're thankful for. And not much of a game, is, but... Which is one of those things people say, and I'm like, how is that a game? There's no winners or losers. <laughs> Austin wants winners or losers on that. That's what makes a game a game. What they're thankful for, right? (laughs) Don't call it a game, then, is all I'm like. I don't don't have a problem with the notion of saying something you're thankful for. Just don't call it a game. Well, to your point, Austin, there are losers because there's Ross. Uh, (laughs) Ross's hair is out of control during this time period. Yeah, he's got that late 90s, like almost a mullet but there's too much hair up front for it to be a mullet i like that you're appreciating this hair because we'll get there but i enjoy where the hair goes over this episode this is a good hair episode hair might be the mvp of of this one love it so anyway the joey says he's thankful for the nice fall weather because women are wearing skirts and warm breezes are lifting up their skirts so that he can see their thongs he first says he's thankful for this nice fall season and then mm-hmm. the cra- the audience laughs, and I'm like, "There wasn't a joke yet." So I, don't I think know. the joke is that it's ha ha. Joey's being sensitive. <laughs> he likes like, seasons. Yeah, exactly. That's the joke, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so that that takes us into our uh, our opening credits. And I know I'm a holiday sh- late on this, but <laughs> I've recently learned that the fountain they dance in. Also appears in the Disney movie Hocus Pocus. What? It does? Yes. <laughs> Where in Hocus Pocus is that fountain? Uh, so apparently that's on like the is it the Warner Brothers somebody's lot. Oh, okay. yeah, probably the Warner Brothers lot. Yeah. That's the studio that made Friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, so in Hocus Pocus, after well, they they chase the witches chases them into a school and then they get burnt into a kiln. Spoiler yep. alert. Uh, they're celebrating like in the back of the school and the fountains there. 
Whoa. Uh, and it's kind of a different angle, but it's very much like when you see it, you're like, yeah, that's that's the friend's fountain. Especially when you see Ross dancing through the water in the background, you're like, oh, yeah, that's the friend's fountain. <laughs> <laughs> I will have to watch for that the next time yeah. Hocus Pocus is on Freeform, which is probably right now. Tonight, right now. <laughs> oh, no, we lost Austin. Both right now while we're recording this and also probably right now while you, the listener, are listening to it. <laughs> Should it be done now that Halloween's over? Or are they still? You'd think it? that, but I'm sure it will probably be on sometime after Halloween. <laughs> mm-hmm. David, are, do you know that? Because your wife told you or because you were watching the pop-up video style version of Hocus Pocus and it told you that? Is there such a thing? Yeah. Oh, there is. Uh, All right. So my wife gets together with her gal friends every year to watch Hocus Pocus. (laughs) And so I've been kind of indoctrinated into that. You're allowed to scurry by while she's with the ladies? (laughs) Well, it's weird. The first year we did it, this is way off track now, but... Fuck it. <laughs> the first year, she's like, oh, yeah, we watched this movie Hocus Pocus. I'm like, yeah, I guess I'll watch this movie Hocus Pocus. And then it starts, and I'm like, I saw this movie in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> so I both felt really old, and then I was just like, I had totally forgotten this movie even existed. But now, <laughs> here it is, and I remember seeing it in the theater. So now, so she, so then this year, we went over to her friend's house, watched it, and then a different friend, but who was also there, Sarah, she noted that the it was fountain the same is fountain. in there, okay. and then we're like, oh, we'll uh, have to look for it, and then we looked for it, and we saw it, and yeah. So, she's the in-person pop-up Hocus Pocus Yeah, exactly. Video. She did have a lot of uh, trivia on Factoids. Girls love Hocus Pocus. She's- I'm one of them. It was a really exciting, kind of scary Disney property. Mm-hmm. I, too, David, think I'm I'm pretty oh, sure I saw it in the theater as well. Did you guys go together? Um, no. No, I don't, I don't think so. You were I probably Sean in the... Sean <laughs> Oh, fuck him. You guys are probably in the same theater, but you just didn't know each other yet. I was thinking about it because I saw it in the dollar theater. So I'm like, did I see like a Halloween movie like four, like two weeks after Halloween? (laughs) In order for it to be at the like second run dollar theater. It turns out. Yeah, you probably saw it at Christmas. No, it turns out the movie was released in July. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that's just fucked up. Apparently. Well, now I'm becoming the pop up video of this. Of this, of Hocus Pocus, yeah. a movie about a holiday that the TV show we're reviewing isn't about. Is yeah. <laughs> Same fountain, Austin, that counts. They, they didn't want to uh, release it around Halloween because they didn't want it to compete with The Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, well, they're right not to because that's a little bit classicer. <laughs> but they're both. I mean, I love them both. Don't get me wrong. Sure. But yeah, no, yeah, I get that. Just... We have not invested that to this day in its way. Maybe oh, just real quick. OK, if I can go back to the series. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. go back to what we're actually reviewing. <laughs> this has been Hocus Pocus Reviewed. <laughs> I think our fans would be here for that. Hello, yeah. listener. Um, but no, I was going to say going all the way back to Joey enjoying thongs in fall. Like mm-hmm. also when you wear leggings, I don't know how he's singing their ass in a thong. That's a spring thing that you wait for is peeping on groins and dresses. And don't I feel like, I don't know, Carolyn, you could obviously speak to this better than I can. Maybe. I feel like as a woman, if the breeze was strong enough that it was going to lift up my skirt 
to the point where Joey could see my thong, I'd like know that it was being lifted up and sort of put my hands down before it got to the point that he could see that I was wearing a thong. That's a little optimistic. I think okay. <laughs> the, okay. the wind, if the wind wants to expose you, it might, but sure. Okay. You try to keep an awareness. It might be like a whole sewer grate system, like Maryland. Yeah, exactly. You feel like the wind has to be coming from the bottom <laughs> to really like the Maryland Monroe type stuff. Yeah. Like, really get just, the thong image or, or else you know you just get like a little thigh on one side right just all this sewer air blasting your ganesh yeah, out that's exactly. what i like about this season rat farts <laughs> smells like high tide um also i like the fountain because um well how about when that came out do you guys remember the music alternative music uh, in the yeah, 90s yeah, yeah. and feeling like a grown-up for dialing into your own station like this is one of the first sitcom themes that actually kind of feels a little bit it was so modern to me at the time when it was yeah. airing. And now, of course, it's an antique. But it's like, oh, yeah, grunge music slash alternative slash sitcoms are cool now. My was sister this? bought the Rembrandt's album. Hell yeah. Just to play it. And so I was listening. Like, I hear it every day. She's playing it in her room. <laughs> That's when you only had one album that you could just repeat. I'm, exactly. I'm it's just fairly that song certain. Over I'm fairly certain I may have had... The the Rembrandt's single. Uh, it's longer. There's like other verses yeah, about how you fucked up then. your life. Uh, <laughs> was that the last? Was that the last like sitcom opening single? song to yeah. be a radio hit as well? Gosh, I can't think of one, but or, I have. Or even watched... a potential mm. radio hit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like that even could be played on yeah. the radio. I mean, there's like a music video with like the cast in and moving in and out of it. It was a whole thing. You gotta oh, do it. It was big. It was a big song. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember being like legitimately charmed by the song and just like their fountain antics. Like, oh, you have an umbrella. Oh, I'm wet. I'm like, wow, you guys are so witty and urbane. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of urbane, we come back from the opening credits and Joey is still waxing philosophical about thongs. But now has a Hershey bar. So he obviously... Got up, got himself some candy, <laughs> came back, and then continued talking about thongs. The, the whole time holding court about yeah. how great thongs are. Thongs always make me want a little chocolate, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And that's one of those, That this is like this whole thong business is one of those things where I'm like, this isn't quite on the level of like, oh, look, Joey's in blackface, Whoa. but it does like age. It feels a little bit yeah. rougher now than it probably played back then. And it, and it, I'm not saying it, Shouldn't have been rougher back then, but it's kind of like, I don't know. This seems a little awkward now. Sure. Mm -hmm. And I was pretty for sure he was going to mention the Wonder Bra. Isn't this that era? Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. What a heady time for underwears. <laughs> so then uh, Ross is all Ross about not having anything to be thankful for this year. <laughs> and it is fun to laugh at him when he talks about getting divorced and evicted. It's just good to hate him, right? Yeah, I realized, like, I think my favorite gag involving Ross is how he, despite desperately not wanting to be the divorced guy, is the divorced guy. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, so yeah, he's whining about this is shortly after he said the wrong name at his own wedding and uh, uh, was yeah. was and then, basically left at the altar and oh, then got evicted from his apartment. The second divorce. He still could have saved his marriage provided he stopped being friends with Rachel but refused to do that, which, again, is him being on the wrong side of the argument. 
David, They're look at you good... being the expert again. It's like the Such good friends, David. He just couldn't say goodbye. Yeah, but you're married and you used her name. I, I kind of see her point at this point. Well, right, right. Can you imagine? I don't even think I said my spouse's name in my vows. That's how you get around it. You're just <laughs> you. <laughs> well, yeah, it'd be where... embarrassing when you said, I take you, Tom Selleck. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's what he would say to me. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I love you, Billy Joel. I mean, Aaron. Yeah, we didn't realize we went to the wedding of Billy Joel and Tom Selleck. Here we are. Wouldn't that be romantic? I would love to see that. (laughs) Well, David, David, to your point, taking us even further off track from this episode, the problem with the whole like Ross says the wrong name at the wedding and then mopes about how his wife left him because he wouldn't not be friends with Rachel is you're not wrong that he's on the wrong side of that argument, but the show doesn't want us rooting for that because then it breaks the show. Yeah. I know. Right. And so like, it's just, it creates this like awkward scenario where you just don't like what's going on mm-hmm. because there's no good answer. Yeah. And so it's why it's, I, it, I almost blame the, the writing for coming up with that scenario more than anything where it's like, there's no way that this could end well for anyone watching at home. Why are we hanging out with (laughs) like, why are we dealing with this plot line? And just to clarify, although I suppose it doesn't matter. This is Ross's second divorce. He was going to marry that British lady. And this is well after Carol, his lesbian first divorce. Baby British lady is the one where he says the wrong name. Yeah. Yeah. This one, right? His recent. Yeah. And then why did he get evicted? Is it because he's a little bitch? I forget. Was why it Marcel got... or was it something? <laughs> no, Marcel's long gone at this point. They stopped wanting to work with that chimpanzee. Yeah, Marcel actor. was like a season one thing, and then they got rid of him. <laughs> I um, remember being really disappointed because they missed the episode where they got rid of the monkey. I don't even know if they give like I don't think it's a whole plot. I think he just like shows up in the episode for where this one is like you guys <laughs> now I'm being evicted. <laughs> <laughs> Because uh, he moves in with Chandler and Joey for a while, and that's where we get the whole hand thing that he does to like tell them to be quiet. Oh. And then he ends up moving into uh, Ugly Naked Guy's apartment after um, yeah. Ugly Naked Guy is going to like move out or whatever. That's and right. so then he ends up across the street. And then he ends up getting drunk, marrying <laughs> Rachel. Oh, and then yeah. she wants a divorce. And then he says he will. But he, but he doesn't, doesn't because he doesn't want me divorce guy. And I'll give you one guess as to which side of the argument that is on. <laughs> well, that's like, that's almost borderline criminal. He's like, oh, yeah, we totally got divorced. And then it's like, by the way, guys, we didn't get divorced. I'm like, that's like, that's not even the wrong side of the argument. That's nearly a crime. <laughs> Uh, sorry. So anyway, Ross is all like, this is the worst Thanksgiving ever. Mm-hmm. And then Chandler has to remind us that saying the things having terrible Thanksgivings, that's his thing. So uh, he's is like, this established prior? This is that is like yeah. a, a well-established element of Chandler's character is that he hates hates Thanksgiving. And even though he hates Thanksgiving and we know it's because that's when his dad left his broke basically broke up his family yeah because his dad was gay what an asshole right that's another one of those things where it like 
it's yeah, it not, doesn't age well. And it, like again, it's not like on the level of you know someone's in blackface mm-hmm. or someone saying like a word that we now know to be a slur, but it's also like not quite in the right age. I mean, frankly, we'd need Ryan on this because he actually could speak to this a lot better. But like <laughs> the idea of your one of your parents turning out to be gay and then like kind of breaking up, you know, then the marriage breaking up, I get would be hard on a child. At the same time, I'm not sure this show handles it all that well, or right, or with much right. nuance or subtlety or anything. That's so, so it's sad just that like Ryan's gay people like our... are funny, <laughs> right? That's, yeah. that's too bad that Ryan's our gay expert. We need more diversity. <laughs> no, <laughs> more specifically, gay parent expert. Right? right? It's yeah. true. And I do want to point out, I think that the Chandler's mother, extra father, that turns into a mother character, is transsexual. But that wasn't even such a concept back then, right? Because yeah. the father turns into a full woman. Yeah, eventually she turns is, up as Kathleen Turner. Which is exciting, because I like Kathleen Turner. But I'm sure, like, it's not the best, well, yeah. most woke and thing to do. It is. Well, it's one of those... Friends, I think Friends does this a lot where it's progressive in the way it just the fact that its main character has a father who transitioned to become a woman and is played by like Kathleen Turner. And that's just a thing that's there. Like that's progressive. But at the same time, they make plenty of jokes about it and how it makes Chandler uncomfortable and all this kind of stuff. Chandler's reaction to it all isn't all that progressive or... So it's this weird sort of like push and pull between like, well, you're kind of progressive, but you're also not woke at the same Mm -hmm. time, I guess. Right. Um, I feel like there's a lot of that sprinkled throughout Friends. I mean, there's a lot of gay panic stuff with Joey and Chandler, Mm -hmm. especially in the early seasons that, you know, doesn't... uh, doesn't play very well these days, but at the same time, I'd say the show in general is fairly progressive in its depiction of homosexuality and like Ross, his ex-wife being gay and getting married and all of that. And it was progressive for the time, even though yeah. at the same time they were making all these like homophobic jokes. Right. Woke for the time. And I'm glad for yeah. the progress that we've had where we had. <laughs> it says something about how things are complicated and there's, Rarely is it a straight line from one end to another. It's a gay line. (laughs) (laughs) A gay, gay line. line. Anywho, Chandler talking about his terrible Thanksgiving uh, prompts a flashback to Thanksgiving 1978, in which we see dramatized for the first time the story that Chandler's been telling for years about how his dad was gay and leaving his mom to run off with the pool boy. Is the pool boy the person who is serving them, or is that yes. a butler? No, that's supposed to be the pool boy, who says, More turkey, Mr. Chandler. Oh, that's why he's so happy, is he's having a whole sexual thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right, right, right. I, <laughs> I don't know when we get to this, but it's like, he calls this his worst Thanksgiving, even though a later one is clearly worse for him to me. Yeah. And it's pretty bad. That he doesn't even bring up. He, it's almost like he forgot about it. Yeah, and I do appreciate the lead-in to Chandler's bad memory when everyone's like, not again. But then, like, <laughs> yeah. Joey's like, well, this is actually my favorite part. Chandler's supposed to bum us out on Thanksgiving. They are friends, guys. They're great mm-hmm. friends. <laughs> it does sound like maybe this is something Chandler should get over if he's bringing oh, it up yeah, every God. Thanksgiving. No. Like, oh, needs, totally. Yeah. He's doing that straight guy thing where you need to get therapy, but instead you just unload on your <laughs> close yeah. relationships. I think I could be wrong about this, but I 
think after this episode they downplay the whole Chandler hates Thanksgiving okay. stuff. Like they do Thanksgiving episodes after this, and th- and other stuff happens in them. And I don't think his whole "I hate Thanksgiving" gets brought up as much. I could be wrong about that, but that seems to be what I remember. Anyway, they come back to the present, and then Phoebe decides to tell a story that's even worse than that, and it's a Thanksgiving set during the Civil War. That involves uh, a nurse played by Lisa Kudrow getting her arm blown off uh, while while trying to fix someone in the Civil War. I appreciated this because it's so madcap and they have Phoebe's <laughs> character doing past life stuff, which I think is such an untapped story zone. It's fun for her character. But at the same time, the character of Phoebe... Buffet. Oh, shit, I know her last name. Um, <laughs> she is from the streets. She's had a really hard life. It would be really interesting to see her in, like, the crack squat stabbing people or whatever she used to do, too. But I did enjoy the Civil War. Uh, and and uh, interestingly enough, the, the uh, title card on the screen tells us that the Civil War Thanksgiving is taking place in 1862. Mm. But the first official Thanksgiving did not occur until 1863. <gasps> what? You you busted them, Austin. What does it mean? I know. This is what this is. This must have been written before Wikipedia, so no one could look that up really quick. <laughs> or they didn't. Or or the Friends writers didn't have as good a cracked research team as we do. What was the internet like? Hmm. Was that the original Thanksgiving, or is that like the first celebration of Thanksgiving? That is considered the first national Thanksgiving. Okay. Basically, Lincoln signed a decree saying that there would be a national day of Thanksgiving on the last Thursday in November. Right, yeah. And he did that in 1863 in honor of Grant's victory yeah. at Antietam, I think. Which is one of those things which is one of those things you don't hear very often is the fact that like the first official Thanksgiving was done in honor of like a bloody civil war battle. <laughs> Right? You just hear it was about the friendship we had with the people we colonized and oopsie yeah. a bunch. Yeah, exactly. I didn't know it was Lincoln. A question was part of uh, the treaty that we shall trace hand turkeys? I believe that was there in the original decree. <laughs> that, because uh, of the war? Yeah, the official uh, activity of, of the holiday was making a turkey out of your hand outline. <laughs> David, I'm waiting for you to gobble because you're really good at it. Am I? I, I think I've See? Yeah. I was doing that. Thanks. I also did like when uh, when Phoebe was teeing up her story. Uh, she's like, oh, I have a worse Thanksgiving than that. And Chandler's like, worse than Martharky, Mr. Chandler. And she's like, oh, the rich boy had a problem with his butler. <laughs> I did like that. Yeah. Because <laughs> that was that. my thought. I'm like, he seems to live a pat- posh life over there. I don't right? Know. You're being yeah. served. I don't believe I've ever been served. Well, yeah, I know. When I go outside. Sure. So Phoebe explains that uh, that was a past life experience, not one of her own. Mm -hmm. And Rachel teases that she knows Monica's worst Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. And Phoebe says, oh, I know which one that is. That's the one where Joey got the turkey stuck on his head. (laughs) So that takes us to Thanksgiving 1992, which is two years before the beginning of the series. And how long after the Civil War? Uh, (laughs) Jesus, you're going to do math? (laughs) Uh, let's see, 1992, <laughs> that would be 130 years after Phoebe's 1862 set Thanksgiving. That's what I thought. Good job. Yeah. 
Uh, so basically, Phoebe comes home because this was back before the show started. So she was living with Monica, and she discovers oh, yeah. that uh, Joey is in the apartment, and he has a turkey on his head because he was going to scare Chandler with it, and now he can't get the now, turkey off his head. I'm no meat expert. Uh-huh. That seems like a rather large turkey. It is a rather large turkey, and it would have to be a rather large turkey for someone to get their head inside it. Yeah. I I also, I mean, like, that's just not good. <laughs> like, I would not want my head inside a turkey. Like, a raw turkey like that? Yeah, I don't know. at least cook it. Yeah, there's a couple of things. <laughs> so he says he does it to scare Chandler. And on one hand, I appreciate that the show just, like, breathes through the scaffolding just to make this sight gag happen. Uh-huh. But on the other <laughs> note, like... Was it to scare Chandler, or did he? Was he doing a sex thing? He's maybe, maybe. <laughs> probably a weird sex thing because he's a real horny guy. Because <laughs> yeah, they uh, Monica comes home, and I actually do kind of like the bit where Phoebe has him like lay lay his head down on the table mm-hmm. so that it looks like the turkey is on the table, and she's like yeah. throwing some herbs <laughs> around it to try to cover up the fact that <laughs> they can't get it off, that, so they try to just camouflage. <laughs> but there's a man sticking out of the turkey's butt. <laughs> But, uh, but, but so Monica comes home and then they're trying to take it off. And there's a, a funny game where she's like, all right, I'm going to spread the legs as far as I can. And then you hear Joey laughing from inside the turkey. And that's good muffled Foley for all of the yeah. interior turkey lines. Turkey Chandler interior. comes in. He, he sees Joey with the turkey at his head, freaks out. They all have a good laugh. And uh, that's the end of that story. I also, this was a good turkey bit, Austin, but I want to point out that my boy Rowan Atkinson did this in Mr. Bean like 10 years before this, so. Ah, that doesn't surprise me. Best album of all time. And then uh, as she finishes her story, Phoebe realizes that that couldn't be the worst Thanksgiving story that Rachel had teased because Rachel wasn't even around for that story, you guys. So then Rachel's like, or Monica says, I don't want to tell that story. And Chandler's like, yeah, you got to tell the story. Monica says that he will be sorry if she does tell that story. But of course, we are going to get that story. Uh, so then we go back in time, and for whatever reason, this is the one flashback that doesn't give us a year stamp. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, the one that takes place a year after this one does, but this one does not. So, so we can use deductive reasoning to tell ourselves that this is Thanksgiving 1987. And we can say goodbye to Lisa Kudrow and Matt LeBlanc now, because... They're yep, they are. <laughs> they're <laughs> That's a episode wrap. And then they're always they're just left out. Then, right? Yeah, yeah they weren't is, friends uh, yet. Mm-hmm. An episode wrap on uh, Matt LeBlanc and Lisa Kudrow. At this point, <laughs> so we're back in time at uh, Ross and Monica's childhood home. Uh, their parents, the always delightful Christina Pickles and Elliot Gould. Now, Austin, hand. what would I know them from? I know that I know them. Well, you pro- you may know Elliot Gould from the film version of MASH. Oh. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't. You may also <laughs> You may also know him from various Ocean's 11 movies. From the Oceans? Huh. Um, I'm trying to think of other Did he play the banjo? No, that's Steve Martin. Steve Martin did play the banjo. You are right about that. <laughs> well, that's good. Uh, 
Christina Pickles, you may remember as the sorceress in the live action He-Man and the Masters of the Universe movie, (laughs) which also starred starred Courtney Cox. Oh, the Golden Globe is right. It had that's probably why. Courtney Cox, that Skeletor was in Uh it. Okay. Uh Okay. Yeah, Monica's mom was the sorceress in uh, in uh, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, right alongside cinema star Dolph Lundgren. Yes. Sexy, um, sexy Dolph Lundgren. He, there are right. nude photos of him online, if you were wondering. Are they good? <laughs> sure. It's just like him. Sure. sure. <laughs> Great. It's like paparazzi, like nude beach shots, you know. He's, <laughs> he's just hanging dong in some kind of German stream. It's nice. It's nice. Oh, and he he was dating that 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 beautiful model, and they took all kinds of shots together. Grace Jones and Dolph Lundgren. God, they look I mean, exquisite. I, can, I can go back into the into the seventies for Elliot Gould. He was he was something of a heartthrob back in the day. That's hard to believe, but I think he was right. Why does he have this layer of prestige upon him? Yeah, well, he was because he was in Mash and Nashville, which were two Robert Altman joints. Was he in Nashville? Um, he was in Nashville. He was in Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice, I've which was of one that. of those like cinema verite early seventies kind of things. Seems like a friend's precursor too. A little bit, yeah. Um, you remember when you guys did that uh, 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 Bork and Mindy episode, the night they raided? Uh, yeah. Yeah, the Whatever. white power. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Antifa. so the title of that episode is taken from a movie yeah. the night they raided Minsky's, and yeah. Elliot Gould was the Minsky of that title. Wow, I didn't expect that to <laughs> that, come around. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Elliot Gould, one of those guys, he's been around forever. But uh, Well, thank the Gruel Orphans for the intel, and Austin, maybe spare a little stuffing and keep your palms flat for him? <laughs> yeah, gotta keep those palms flat, or they'll... <laughs> They'll uh, take it right out. Right I'm trying out. to see if uh, if uh, Monica Ross's mom has been in anything more relevant than Masters of the Universe. I don't think so. I think that's the most relevant <laughs> for us. I don't know how that's possible. Huh? <laughs> that's true. That's true. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna call. Was she in Saved by the Bell? Because that's the only thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only other thing we care about. <laughs> You're not wrong. So let's see. They're back in the house and uh, we get old nose, pre-nose job Rachel Mm -hmm. is coming over to fat Monica's house. Hilarious. She's fat, you guys. (laughs) Fat Um, and nose. This this would be another another spot where the series has not aged well, which is that they wring every last attempted humor out of the fact that once Monica was fat. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah, it wasn't fly anymore. I don't know, though. There's something about this prosthesis point where they just give them all the funny outfits and the schnoz and the suit. Like, <laughs> I think I would like Friends more better if they all the time, each of them, had to wear something funny and a yeah. prosthetic and they look like a weird puppet, like spitting image. Well, one of the problems with, with the whole fat suit Monica stuff is... They play it for laughs, but they also never really make a deal out of, like, she's, like, comically large. And Courtney Cox, in real life, is very traditionally skinny and attractive and whatnot. Tiny, petite. Tiny, petite. So it's like, did she get surgery? Does she diet? She's a chef? Like, is it a struggle for her? Like, and I'm not saying it's friends. It's a sitcom. I don't need it to be like super dramatic or anything, but if they paid a little bit of like lip service to the fact that like 
she has to struggle to maintain that weight or something like that. But they don't. It's just in the past she was fat and now she's hot. I mean, it has like both when they go to the past, they have two female characters and they both have physical flaws that need to be fixed. (laughs) fine you know they just get just a couple of haircuts yeah Yeah. yes because then we get lionel richie ross and flock of seagulls chandler Mm -hmm. who roll in in 1987 they look so good you guys (laughs) (laughs) they uh they have started a band uh emotional knapsack is their hit hit, hit song that they've that they've just worked on and uh, Monica does some flirting with Chandler, and he's mostly oblivious. And then Ross tries to flirt with Rachel. She's mostly oblivious, and he is also the worst. That's about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's, <laughs> I do like the gag here where, uh, where Ross's mom is like, you know, oh, Chandler, I'm glad you can make it. Don't worry, we have plenty of food. And Ross is like, oh, remember? Chandler hates Thanksgiving and doesn't eat any Thanksgiving food. And she's just like, oh, I'm so glad you brought him. <laughs> <laughs> it is a weird like why are you bring him at all if he's <laughs> right 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 i think that's hyper bitchy of him it's it's a nice thing monica does to make him mac and cheese but some people serve mac and cheese on thanksgiving go ahead and do it if you're yeah. feasting you're feasting but i mean like fuck you you don't like thanksgiving sure but are you not gonna eat the food yeah you don't you yeah, don't have no. to make a thing out of it yeah it's not I mean, like you're, you're coming over to someone's thanksgiving like house for thanksgiving you know you should participate in their dinner and <laughs> such Right, right. I don't have any allergies or any restrictions. So for me, whenever I show up to anything and someone hands me food, I eat it. Not everyone can do that. But if you can, just fucking eat the food. It's good. It's food. Yeah. So uh, Monica, as you said, Monica makes uh, mac and cheese for Chandler. Mm -hmm. They briefly imply here that Monica became a chef because of Chandler. Which which is kind of... Yeah. Mm. <laughs> kind of not great. Yeah. Right. Um, she should have her own agency. It shouldn't be a toss right. off by a, a, a pretty fuck boy and a flock of seagulls haircut. Yeah, that's when I was like, in general, I I like the idea of Chandler and Monica as like friends central couple, in large part because Ross is the worst and the whole <laughs> Rachel thing gets tedious. Um but I but I don't like the way they do every once in a while. They try to like retroactively suggest that like Chandler and Monica had a thing in the past. And mm-hmm. then I, I like the idea better that like they're just friends and then they fell in love and well, whatever. Not to get ahead of ourselves, but we go back a year later and it's kind of the same group of people and Rachel's there again. And then I'd have to go back and see the first episode again, but they make it sound like they hadn't seen Rachel in forever. And like Chandler might not know who she is, but I'm like, uh, she always seems to be around in all your flashbacks around. That's Chandler, so. true. In the pilot, Rachel is running away from a wedding and she runs into central park in her wedding dress. And this is yeah. Big reunion. The, the Ross Rachel's part of that isn't as weird. Cause they, they've been like, Oh, it's yeah. been a few years. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. The part that's weird is that, uh, is you're right that Chandler doesn't seem to have any familiarity yeah, with her, right. despite the fact that he has at least two Thanksgivings with her. And I think there's another yeah. flashback later in the series where Rachel and Monica end up at Ross and Chandler's yeah. dorm and mm-hmm. Ra- Chandler makes out with Rachel mm-hmm. unknowingly at one point. So it's like, yeah, they... and Ross makes out with Monica. Monica. No. Yeah. yeah. No. I mean, not, not knowing. He thinks he's making out with yeah, Rachel. What is this? Dexter? No. 
No, 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 no. So anyway, she makes mac and cheese, and everyone has a good Thanksgiving. And then when Ross and Chandler are doing the dishes, Ross is like, oh, I'm going to make a move on Rachel, and maybe I won't be around tonight. And Chandler says, oh, man, don't leave me home with your fat sister. And Monica overhears him and runs out of the room. I will say that I like that the boys are doing dishes. That's such a small thing, but it's not like <laughs> widespread at all. The women, were, hey, the yeah, ladies. Take, take the wins where you can get them, Carol. Right? I will. I need them. <laughs> <laughs> the ladies are just like gabbing about the boys in the front room, just like cool in their heels. And then the boys are doing dishes. I really did appreciate Matthew Perry's little haircut doing those dishes. What a sight. Yeah, I'm kind of confused. So like, was Ross planning to leave with Rachel and just leave Chandler with his family, just all awkward style. Or <laughs> gonna try it. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. That is that is the plan. You have laid out the plan exactly, David. Is it Ross's car? Can Chandler catch the bus? Yeah. <laughs> Eight not people Uber. I've only met for a few hours. I guess I'm hanging out with you tonight. Right. Right. Yeah, I feel like Chandler could be like, you don't have to say, like, don't leave me home with your fat sister. Yeah. Like, don't leave me home with your family whom I just <laughs> met. Yes, but what if somebody was fat, Austin? It's a crime. So. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So in the present, Chandler apologizes to present day Monica for calling her fat and points out how dumb he was back then and, and all of that. He's like, for you, this was the worst moment of your life. For me, it was a Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> And then he says, I was so dumb. I used to do dumb shit. Like, I rushed the Wham stage at a concert, and George Michael slapped him across the face. Yeah, that's, that's, I feel like we need to see that flashback. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they could almost, so I just really want to mention, it's not entirely related, but it's not not. I just want to flashback to Courtney Cox in the Dancing in the Dark music video. When would he? I'm trying to think. So what Star year? turn. Wham wasn't ninety two, was it Wham eighties? Like they when did you were rush mostly eighties, yeah. But when they would have disbanded around the nineties. I think George Michael yeah. went solo. So back in the flock of Siegel Chandler haircut days, I'm sure. He- well, these, yeah, the the two eighties era Thanksgivings are eighty seven and eighty eight. Oh, they would have okay, been maybe that old, full so. force. George Michael would have been hanging out in the bathrooms after concerts. Yeah, it'd be sexy. Sexy, sexy. <laughs> So Rachel says that's still not the story of Monica's worst mm-hmm. Thanksgiving. Rachel, that... why you got a dog? Like <laughs> I know, that? right? <laughs> which so, I feel like Chandler should figure out which one is she. I know, but just by process of elimination at this point, <laughs> yeah, I think that one is worse for Chandler than it is for Monica. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like you said yeah. Well, so that's this is now Thanksgiving, nineteen eighty-eight. It's one year later. Rachel has her new nose. She's back to being normal yeah. looking. These women Jennifer have fixed Aniston. themselves. Is what they we're have fixed play. themselves. Well, Ross, thank and God. Ch- Ross and Chandler come home and they're dressed like George Michael and Don Johnson. Oh my uh, God, Chandler is a- looking like a snack. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I like that? Oh, no. There's a great gag where he's constantly pushing up the sleeves of his white sport coat. <laughs> it looks uh, so good on him. Yeah, no, that, that, <laughs> the, the rolled up sport coat look is is one that I wish we could bring back. And the um, white suit with like a power cranberry shirt. I yeah. Respond yeah. to it. So then Monica comes downstairs and now she's thin and therefore sexy. Yeah. Valuable. A member yeah. of society. She <laughs> has worth. Yeah. No uh, loose Ross. skin either from all that weight loss. Either. Yeah. Right. Again, this is what I'm talking about. Like, so did, was there surgery? Like, what mm. happened? Here? Maybe it's the same doctor that Elliot Gould is talking about getting his mole cluster. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That did Rachel's nose. That could be. 
Rachel's nose, Monica's bits. Uh, we we get a, a brief, mildly humorous gag where they ask about Ross's new girlfriend, who is, of course, his future ex-wife, Carol. TV Carol's uh, holler. Also a future lesbian, and Ross holler. says that she's on both. She's on the lacrosse team and the golf team. Can you believe it? She plays for both teams. Uh, lesbians love golf. And also <laughs> lacrosse, I guess. <laughs> I thought it was, like, rich jocks who liked lacrosse. So in the kitchen, uh, Rachel and Monica are talking, and Monica is expressing that even though she got a great uh, a great look out of Chandler when she came down all full of value and not fat, uh, she wants to humiliate him further like by pointing at him while he's naked and laughing. And so Rachel suggests, well, just go ahead and seduce him. And then when you're getting ready to have sex, he'll be naked and you can laugh at him and point and whatnot. And push him out for the neighbors. Uh, So she kind of, Rachel kind of walks Monica through acting sexy uh, with whatever object is around you. And uh, there's a whole running gag in these flashbacks about how Monica is like super awkward with sex and Mm -hmm. calls penises tenderness and things like that. Uh, So she's not very good at being sexy and tries to be sexy with a box of pasta, a handful of carrots and a knife, which uh, I guess it's Chekhov's knife, because wouldn't you know it, it gets tossed up in the air and ends up cutting off Chandler's toe. Did we know about this toe issue before? Yeah. This is new. We did not know that Chandler was San's toe. Have we ever seen him shoeless before? I mean, probably, yeah, but not. A episode, we could yeah, I mean, there's like the time that. that he like peed on Monica's yeah. leg from the jellyfish which, thing, which turns out doesn't really work, right? Yeah, I yeah. Refuse, that's, that's I refuse to thing. believe friends lied to me. Yeah. <laughs> you could probably just Bruder film it and look. Yeah, yeah. Back yeah. into the left. All his toes, but I don't know. I'll leave that left. to the others. But also, not surprisingly, you don't see a lot of feet in sitcoms. That's for the best. People, yeah. And if you do, they're much. usually in like wide shots and whatnot. But anyway, uh, so they rush. <laughs> they the rush. Never get those close-ups. We're all waiting for them. <laughs> That's what Quentin Tarantino is brought to the stage. <laughs> uh, so they rush Chandler to the hospital, and Monica hands over the severed toe that she has thankfully put on ice so that it could be reattached. But wah wah, she put a carrot in the oh, bag. Just, not as just yeah. as an FYI to everybody, if you have a severed part, uh-huh. you should not. Store it directly in <gasps> ice. What TV told me to? I know you should wrap the ice in like plot in like you know a ziplock and then put it around with the ziplock. You don't want the direct contact with the ice because it'll like give you an ice burn. Yeah, right? it'll, it'll it'll burn like yeah, it'll give frostbite to the severed body part. Oh, no, Is that, it? That, uh, that makes sense. That's good to know. Is it good to put it in milk? Yeah, maybe, yeah. <laughs> is that a thing you've some... heard, Carol? I don't. I've not <laughs> heard that before. Milk. I think I've heard it, but I don't feel reputable. <laughs> uh, so two two humorous bits at the hospital here that I liked. Uh, Monica's mom freaking out about how there's a toe in her kitchen. It's good. Uh, since it got left behind. And then when Monica's like, oh, no, I can I can rush home and get it. Dad, give me the keys to your Porsche. And he's like, oh, no, I'm not falling for that. <laughs> so if they have... Doesn't... 
Uh, if they have a pet dog or cat, I bet the the toe they don't have to worry about anymore. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, that toe's gone. <laughs> uh, being in the hospital reminded me of the Friends ER crossover. Did anyone yeah. remember that? Yeah, when they when they Ross and uh, or Ross Rachel and Monica were <laughs> gonna Ross. date George Clooney and yeah. Noah Wiley. Also Noah, yeah. Gosh, you, you sure get the shore end of the stick on Noah Wiley, who's fine. But... <laughs> <laughs> who's fine, but is no George Clooney. There you go. Uh, so back in the present, Chandler is outraged that Monica cut off his toe for calling her fat. Um, uh, how do we feel about his reaction to this? What What is he upset about? That's my question. <laughs> uh, what his new toe? information was presented for him to be more upset about what had happened prior right. to what he had already known? I guess that he's sad that it was an erotically charged moment. <laughs> toe moment. Toe moment. That lost him his toe instead of just general fat hands. She can lose weight <laughs> like, except in skinny hands. hands that were once but, fat. Right. But I mean, like, he, <laughs> this doesn't change. She didn't do it intentionally. Yeah, yeah. Like, she didn't do this as a revenge. Either way, it was thing. an accident. And so even though the reason she had the knife in her hand was because she wanted to get revenge on him, the cutting off the toe was not the act of revenge. Yes. So um, it seems like... Yeah. A distinction without much of a difference yeah. for the level of like outrage he's expressing. He had a knife in her hand and it slipped and it fell onto his toe. And I guess you could argue she was trying to act sexy and couldn't and was doing it out of a revenge plot. And that's what occurred. But that's a lot of steps from like, yeah, she exactly. already knew everything about she had a knife in her hand. It slipped out and then fell on him. And re- I guess he never questioned why she had one before. And now he knows why she had it in her hand. And, and also, I mean, he lost the tip of his toe. It's not that big a deal. <laughs> it's his favorite part, Austin. It has hey. the nail on <laughs> And, like, he talks bad. about how, like, everyone called him Sir Limps a lot all year. And I'm like, how long were you fucking limping? It's the tip of your toe. It's not that big a deal. It's true. And then we get a reminder. Austin. <laughs> then we get a reminder that Ross is the worst because he's like Sir Limps a lot. I came up with that, <laughs> yeah, and you're yeah. like, a, you're a jerk because that's your best friend, and b, it's not even that clever, <laughs> right? It's ableist, Ross. Yeah, no. It's so good. Chandler says he wants to be been. alone. Yeah. He goes out in the hall. They have a moment. He's like, I just want to be alone right now. Mm-hmm. Thanksgiving's the worst. I hate this stupid holiday. So then we come back from commercial and Chandler's sitting alone in his apartment. Someone knocks at the door. It's Monica. She has a turkey on her head. It's uh, turkey head can, Monica. Can I ask a question? Sure. I think I know where this is going. <laughs> I don't. I'm open to it. The answer, David, is spare turkey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's it. That's it. Everyone just keeps a spare turkey on Thanksgiving. <laughs> you don't? I just I you never you might need a backup turkey. That was the question. Wow, good job. <laughs> we don't even need to do the middle anymore, guys. We're gonna save so much time. Same. Just randomly have another turkey hanging around. Where they, I don't even think that fits in like their fridge or gonna, anything. I was like, just gonna say, not only does she happen to have an additional raw turkey on hand on Thanksgiving Day, but she has one that's large enough for her to fit her head into. In fact, I think this was an early cloning experiment because it's the exact same size and shape as the one Joey had 10 years earlier. (laughs) It's almost like some sort of department found that turkey. I feel like I've seen the flashback episode that features this 
a whole lot more than this actual episode because I didn't realize this was where it was going, but I feel like I've seen this scene a hundred times. Yeah, Yeah, so to be clear, is this an episode of flashbacks, or was this episode flashbacked in other episodes? Did they make it all new for this one? Uh, This is all new, right? Yeah, Okay. correct. But then there's an episode, I think right before they get married, that they do a flashback of their relationship. And this yep. final scene is in that flashback. They're sure proud of the turkey gang. Yeah, exactly. Yes, because one well, and Friends was was uh, still of an era when they would do clip shows mm-hmm. um, three or four times throughout its run, and yeah, that was one of the like we're getting married. So the episode before that, let's do a flashback episode to show everyone's relationship or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then she adds a fez and then some sunglasses, and she does a little shimmy. And that makes Chandler laugh, and he says that he loves her for the first time, you guys. And he freaks out about it, because I guess that's Chandler's. That's Chandler. But I guess it's a little odd to me. I forgot that he he says it, and then she's like, oh my god, you said you love me. And then he freaks out, and then the episode just ends. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. Like, I I remembered it going differently. Like, he he didn't freak out. Or or he freaks out initially, but then once he realizes she loves him, then they, like, have a moment or something. But no. No, that's, he just freaks Mm -hmm. out, and then we go to our... uh, our closing credits stinger in which we get another adventure of Phoebe's past life where she is now a French nurse in World War One in Thanksgiving 1915 and then loses her arm in the same way. Oh, was it different? I just thought they were doing their B-reel. I could not tell they changed something. <laughs> if she was a French nurse, then Thanksgiving would have no meaning to her anyway. This is also true, yes. But she's thinking so cosmically that she just remembers the date yeah. and that November feeling. It doesn't have to be man's Thanksgiving. Story checks out. I mean, and David, it's not like she could have <laughs> even gone out and bought that turkey day of. Because it's Thanksgiving and everything's yeah. closed or out of turkeys. You definitely want to get your turkeys early. So I did like the moment when Chandler says he loves her and she clocks it and then she's like in the turkey and she's got the muffled foley and she's like, what, what? And then he tries to take it back and hops around. That's what you pay Matthew Perry for is this physicality. Yeah, I mean, as as uh, uh, unbelievable as the setup may be, there's some good physical comedy surrounding people with turkeys on their heads throughout this episode. It's true. Somehow the actors innately know to act more with their body when you put a turkey on their head. Yeah, his freak out, though, always reminds me of the mixed signals I get about how the show frames Chandler. Because half yeah. the time it's just like, they talk about how big a loser he is, and that's why he doesn't like have a lot of relationships. But then they always talk about how scared of commitment he is, and they kind of frame that as the reason he has. He doesn't have a lot of relationships. I'm like, well, it's one or the other, but it's probably not. Well, it could be both, but not really. <laughs> yeah, no, I know what you mean. Like, either he's unlovable or yeah. is so lovable it scares him. Yeah. It's kind of hard to be both of those mm-hmm. things. But uh, eh, people are complicated, David. <laughs> <laughs> or the show just wants to have things one way, depending yeah, on how the plot is. Tomato, tomato. <laughs> I mean, take what you want from it. It depends on the episode. How come we couldn't see what Marcel was doing on Thanksgiving? Yeah, that would have been awesome. <laughs> yeah, they did. Uh, I think they did an episode where they brought, they went and visited Marcel. 
And he was At like, was he an organ grinder now? Well, the one job he's in a zoo. with the zoo or something. Right? Oh yeah. yeah. But then he ended up with Jean Claude Van Damme, I think. Oh shit! Why oh do yeah, I that's remember right. That? <laughs> that was that was the the one after the Super Bowl because all their yeah. episode titles are always like the one blank, and they right. crammed in a bunch of guest stars. So it was Julia Roberts mm-hmm. and Jean Claude Van Damme. I think that's the one with with George Clooney and Noah Wiley too. Mm-hmm. They had Brad. P- wow, wow. That's and yeah, that was study. that's how they brought in Jean Claude Van Damme was that Marcel was in a movie with Jean Claude Van Damme, and so he got to Ross got to see him on set. Sequel, I think. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's still the. I believe that was the highest rated episode of Friends ever. Yeah, wow! Why do you Even know more that? Than the, uh, finale? <laughs> Even more than the finale. Even more than the finale. I believe. I don't think I saw the finale first run. Me if neither. the cracked research team wants to correct me on that, I, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't blame them. But I'm pretty sure it's still that Super Bowl one. I don't think they want to correct you. They're all napping and full of the yeah. sweet extra turkey drippings that They're fell through all the floorboards. Cuddle up with their chains, moaning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're- I don't. Uh, you're probably very sick. Today. We're too full now. <laughs> All that moaning means they're probably very sick, but we don't have healthcare. So. Yeah, I don't think I watched the finale live either, David. Yeah, it was like by the time it aired, I would have been watching Friends, but I wouldn't have cared enough to like go out of my way to make sure I caught like new episodes. I do um, remember us discussing the finale, though. Did you guys yeah. discuss and it at the coffee shop? How it was going to end, which was with the did apartment being emptied and looking a little Whoa. strange because of how empty it was, and then them shutting the lights off on it. Well played, Austin. How did you know? It's, well, it's yeah, almost exactly. like I've how seen TV before. <laughs> Have you seen a finale before? <laughs> it's almost like I've seen the end of every TV show with some kind of iconic location in it. <laughs> Cheers, which we still haven't done. Shout out. Right, but also did a similar thing for its finale. Right, right. Yeah. Is this the yeah. part where we mention how their apartments are too spacious for New York? Yeah, well, we haven't. I mean, yeah, they, they kind of hand wave it with like a uh, rent. Uh, it's rent controlled rent and control, it was left yeah. to her by her grandma or something like that. Oh, so. they do? Well, at least they nod to it. Okay, but still, it's one of those things. Whether like, that the first kind of apartment was ever available. <laughs> yeah. Right. And at least like, Joey yeah. Joey and Chandler's apartment seems a little bit more realistic in size. Uh, you um, have not seen Manhattan apartments. I, I, <laughs> just relative to the Monica apartment. Yeah. It's got this huge picture window and all that kind of stuff. This a is second room I'm... is nonsense in there. This is like the show you think about when like it's everybody was like wealthy and they shouldn't have been. Yeah. Well, oh, that's yeah. where there money is never a problem except for that one episode where money was a problem. Which for, for a long Joey, time I right? considered doing as our first friends yeah. episode, not because it like touches on anything very special, but because it's unique in the pantheon of friends episodes and that it's the only one that's ever about money. But sucks, uh, but I decided not to do it because I'm like, I don't want to watch that episode again. It's terrible. <laughs> that's the one about Joey when he has to repossess his big statues. No, no it's the one where they basically they it's the only time they explore the fact that three of the friends have reasonably well-paying jobs or at least steady jobs mm-hmm. while the other three friends are like shiftless losers that the can't actor, hold down a, the, the actor the musician the waitress but then she gets a high-paying fashion job 
Yeah, well, then Monica, at the end of it, Monica gets fired from her job, but that never really sees many consequences, aside from she gets a different job eventually. Yeah. Right. Yeah, eventually Joey gets a cushy soap opera gig, Rachel gets a high-powered fashion job, Phoebe just continues to exist on the fringes of society. She dates Paul Rudd. That just reminded me, Monica dates Tom Selleck. She does? Yeah. Yeah. I forgot for a good long while. Yeah, wow, like a season and a half. But yeah. Yeah. Big character. It's the only episode to even like toy with the grappling with the economic realities of their situation and it's not a very fun episode as a result. Yeah. Well, that's why everybody's wealthy in sitcoms. I guess we saw Yeah, I guess too. I mean to the sitcom's credit, things are a lot more entertaining when people aren't worrying about money like we do in real life. You know, maybe that would be a good principle to have in real life. And maybe we need to own the means of production. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> oh, yeah. So any final Thanksgiving thoughts on this episode? Um, It was almost a special episode. You almost hit the theme, Austin. <laughs> Well, it's, I mean, it's special because it's a holiday app. I mean, sure. it's, we're just, yeah, we're going all holidays, holidays are special. I'm just teasing yeah. you. But I mean, the, I mean, the, it's no I replace mean, a chandelier. Special <laughs> that's special for very important reasons. Um, <laughs> I do think that the I love you is a cute moment. The first I love you. And I mean, there's something yeah. so comforting about this show. It is like chicken noodle soup or mm-hmm. David vegan <laughs> noodle soup. I don't know. <laughs> Vegan noodles. Is that made with vegans in it? Yeah, delicious. Low simmer. Very clean taste. No, it's the noodles are vegan. There's still chicken in it, but the noodles are vegan. Because that's the real problem, right, David? It's like it's comforting in a in a way, but it's also like lacking in a lot of ways. It doesn't have the teeth I like in my media these days. But I no, it is. I mean, it's comfort food. That's a good way of putting it. Like, yeah. it, it doesn't have nutritional value, but it is comforting and familiar, and yeah. I just know this. Yeah. Uh, this episode just showed me that fat shaming works. You know, it does. You call someone fat, they'll get sad, and then they'll uh, go on a diet and become attractive. To yeah, everybody. within a year yeah. they'll be a sex genie. Yeah, exactly. Right, but then you'll lose a toe, and then you get a mope about it. <laughs> and then it's everybody wins. <laughs> Make it about me. I also learned that Austin's not afraid of losing a toe, so I'm going to use that. To yeah. Well, how? Say I wasn't afraid of losing a toe. I was just saying Chandler's outrage, like fifteen years removed from the loss of his toe, was a touch overblown. That's You're all. Probably right. <laughs> Yeah, fun to see the yeah. show. It's not necessarily that good, but everyone's so pretty, and the jokes are almost funny, and I like the colors. That it's it's kind of I think <laughs> you know similar to Saved by the Bell in that you just throw it on. There's something like, oh yeah, this was the '90s. <laughs> yeah, on TV. Yeah, and I do enjoy um, Friends does this a little bit. I always like when shows play with time and and present. Yeah flashbacks that are original but seem like they could be a flashback they're pretty good about Um, keeping their continuity straight too i think yeah they are i mean they do the little tweaks like trying to make monica and chandler more of a thing in the past but they're pretty good about there's a backstory for these characters and they keep that in mind whenever they dabble in the past which is always appreciated by nerds like me and david true true a pretty okay timeline yeah so, uh, Carolyn, yeah. where can we find you on the internet? Well, when I'm not cramming myself into some spare meat, 
<laughs> which is half the time. You can find me on Twitter or Facebook, uh, Carolyn Main, C-A-R-O-L-Y-N-M-A-I, and like the street. You can also find me on Patreon and see some cool sneak previews of stuff there. And I have another podcast that has some newer episodes up, and we play it at festivals and stuff. It's a card game called Pitch Please, where I make people pitch a movie, and you can listen to the podcast on Pitch Please at CranivalStudios.com. Uh, as for me, you can find me on Twitter talking about which digits I would be okay losing at Austin Gorton, and you can read my writing at the real gentleman of Uh, David, whilst cleaning up whatever you apparently just <laughs> spilled, um, you don't have to break the fourth wall here. <laughs> I've been here the entire time. I did not leave in a panic to get paper towel. (laughs) Where can we find you online and learn some cleaning tips from you? (laughs) You can find me on Twitter at Dr. Bits at Dr. Spelled Out and at TheRealGentlemanOfLedger.com. Uh, as for our show, we are a very special episode. <laughs> you can check out our website, a very special episode podcast.com. We are available for listening and downloading via iTunes, Podbean, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. Spotify. Um, the, the power <laughs> Pentagon, I guess. I don't know what that is. <laughs> Someone um, do the shape. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at AVSEPod. Uh, check out our Facebook page and email us at AVSEPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, for a very special episode, I am Austin Gorton, and I am off to bring more turkey to Mr. Chandler. That was a very special episode. We dissected that shit from head to toe. Did the time fly by or was it slow? Got so many life lessons. Oh, how we've grown. Seen so much TV that we're gonna explode next time on a very special episode. So, so.